Welcome to the Bike Life Podcast by Warm Showers Foundation, where we will be sharing knowledge, experience, tools, and stories of touring cyclists and hosts from around the world. I'm Tavar Lee, the woman behind the scenes at Warm Showers Foundation, the leading platform for cyclists looking for hosts and to connect with a passionate international community. Find out more by visiting us at warmshowers.org. This Bike Life podcast is brought to you by BikeFlights.com, your source for the best bicycle shipping service and bike shipping boxes. Whether you're shipping for a trip or after a sale, whatever your shipping needs, Bike Flights makes it easy. Take advantage of Bike Flights convenient residential pickups and they'll come and get your shipment directly from your home or wherever you're staying. Visit BikeFlights.com forward slash warm showers for more information. Now on to the show. We are back with another episode of Bike Life and coming to you today is Sheila from Ontario, Canada, and she is a bike tourer and a nutritionist and she records videos on bike touring and nutrition. And I'm so excited to have Sheila here. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Who you have so many interesting facets to your story that I cannot wait to share it with those that are listening. And thank you for being here. It's it's an important time for us to share and keep our community connected through this show. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's honestly a pleasure. I I could talk about bike touring, listen about bike touring. I. I'm all about it all the time. So it's great. And I love it because before we started to record, you said that you've listened to the show and the variety of guests and all the different facets of really what goes into bike touring and hosting is so varied that we've been fortunate for that so many people have expressed an interest to come on the show. So thank you for listening. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I love that everyone has a unique story of how they got into it, um, why they take cyclists in. It's it's really beautiful. So let's start there. Tell us a little bit about how you got started into bike touring. You know, what was the what was the beginning journey for you? Yeah, so I started doing um, triathlons when I was probably 18. And so that kind of got me into cycling. Um, and I worked my way up to an Ironman. So I knew I could do these long distances, um, but I had never traveled on my own, um, never done bike touring before. I knew it was an option because um, my mother and my sister actually biked across Canada uh, when I was 16. So I knew it was an option, but uh, had never done anything like it before. And uh, I just, I started playing with this idea of biking around Scotland. And it, I thought, oh, it'd be a nice slow way. I have Scottish background. I'd really like to visit Scotland. So I kind of toyed with this idea. And then uh, a friend of mine, uh, he was saying that um, he wanted, as I was expressing this, he said, oh, I've always wanted to hitchhike across uh, Europe. And I just thought, well, I should just bike across Europe. Mm. And so this little idea of kind of biking around Scotland slowly grew. Um, and then I, I decided to cycle across uh, Europe in 2019. I love it. I love it so much. And to be 16 and witness your family during doing bike touring sets the stage for what's possible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, I, when they did it when I was 16, I was you know, in theater and I was really excited about acting and I was in a show and I was like, oh, I don't think I, 
I can join you. They had actually invited me to join them, um, but I, I've made up for it since. So. so did you embark on this journey solo then, or did your friend accompany you? No, I did it on my own. And uh, it was actually funny because as I was playing with this idea, I think I always envisioned it doing with somebody. I always thought, oh, I'll have a friend that'll say they want to do it, or maybe I'll be dating somebody and I'll go with my partner. And I just remember it was like a week or two before I left. And I was like, oh, I'm doing this on my own. And I knew that was a possibility, but actually being kind of faced with it um, definitely had its its uh, nervousness to it. But I'm, I'm so glad I, I did it on my own. Um, because I really just learned so much about myself and had an amazing experience. So walk us through what the plan was when you started. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my honestly, I, I had been dreaming about this for a couple of years, but when I actually headed over there, I really just, I knew I was going to Scotland. Um, I knew I was staying with a warm showers host for my first week. Um, and I landed in Edinburgh and I knew I wanted to bike kind of around Europe, um, but I didn't really know where I was going to go exactly. I just kind of um, took it day by day and the people I met along the way and a lot of the Warm Showers hosts really shaped where I went and the routes I took. And um, yeah, so a lot of it was shaped as I went, really. And how long were you gone How long, or how long was that tour in total? Yeah, I was in Europe for six months and the tour itself was about three and a half months. Mm, I love it. I love it. So you started in Scotland. Yeah. And did you experience some anxiety going into this journey? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, I think, and you know, that's the funny thing. You hear stories of people going on adventures or touring and you kind of picture them as being fearless. Um but I certainly wasn't, and I don't think any of them were either. Um, I definitely had my fears, my anxieties, um, and I just chose to be really patient and kind with myself. And I told myself when I went, I was like, if you hate this a week in, a day in, that's fine. You can fly home. You can do something different. You can work in Scotland. You can um, pick a different adventure. Um, but you know, within the first three days I was in love with bike touring and, yeah. and I stuck with it. But I do think that permission to change things, to do a different path, to try something different, um, that was really helpful for honestly encouraging me to keep going because um, I, I took that pressure off and I just trusted that um, I would keep being patient with myself and making, making choices as I went. Having grace. Having grace. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It is definitely an important lesson that carries over in all aspects of our life. When you've experienced something where you are pushed to challenge yourself to have like this flexibility, right? Like surrendering to what you don't know is, is going to be and giving yourself. I love the, the fact that you said giving yourself permission. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. Absolutely. So when you were three days in and you fell in love with bike touring, um, tell us a little bit about your experiences in Scotland and where you went from there and what that looked like. Totally. So Scotland, I did a big loop. I spent about six weeks cycling um, 
north to Inverness and then west to kind of the islands um, and then down through kind of the west coast of Scotland back to Edinburgh and then I cycled through northern England uh, took a ferry to uh, Amsterdam cycled across the Netherlands to Belgium down through Belgium uh, across Germany to Berlin uh, down through the Czech Republic uh, then uh, through the Alps to Venice and then across uh, Italy to uh, Slovenia, and then through Croatia. Amazing. Was my full journey. Amazing. Yeah. Really incredible. Did you document your journey? I did. Yeah. I have um, a YouTube channel. It's uh, Sheila Daly, um, S-H-E-E-L-A-G-H-D-A-L-Y. Um, and yeah, I started kind of capturing um, some of my experiences and telling stories along the way. And so were you were you also sharing information on the nutrition side of things while you were on tour? Because, you know, we know how important nutrition is when we are on a long-term tour. Um, did you share that, what your experience was like? Yeah, I actually, um, I made a, a video about nutrition for bike touring and like a little guide people can download as well. Um, because I definitely found, uh, especially for longer tours, uh, when you can eat nutritious foods along the way, uh, and enough of them, of course, um, then you just really feel your best and you're able to ride your best and, and really enjoy the experience even more. Yeah, we'll put the link to that in the show notes so people can check that out. So tell us a little bit about the nutrition side. Like what is important for people ah. to know while they're touring since this is your area of expertise? This is <laughs> this is a, a, a very common question, right, in our forums and in our community. So let's start with I mean, how do you suggest people have good nutrition in their diet when they are on tour? Totally. The biggest thing is to eat enough to eat more than we think we need to sometimes. It's really hard because we have to remember that our bodies, when they're stressed, um, digestion isn't as important. So our digestion slows down and we might not get the same hunger cues. We might not feel that grumbling belly, um, but our bodies are burning through nutrients really fast um, when we're biking and when we're putting that stress on our bodies, which, which biking for hours a day does. Um, so we wanna make sure that we're eating enough that we're taking breaks to eat um, and that we're looking out for those maybe different cues that we're hungry. So if you feel um, a little bit of fatigue or you feel grumpy um, or you feel irritated, uh, these can all be signs that we might need a little bit more food. So uh, eating enough food is going to be the most important. Uh, we also want to make sure we're drinking enough water, drinking regularly, especially when uh, it isn't hot. When we're hot, obviously you need more water, but often um, if we're in kind of rainy conditions or shady conditions, we might not uh, get those same thirst cues. So we have to make sure no matter the temperature that we are drinking. And then of course, if we're sweating a lot, we need to drink even more. So making sure that we're getting enough food and water is key. Um, incorporating some salt is important as well, um, that we're topping up those electrolytes. So getting those minerals, um, getting sources of salt in our food is really important. I actually travel with a little salt shaker. So I grind that into just about everything when I'm mm -hmm. on a bike tour. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, if we've kind of, if we feel like we're nailing down um, that, the other thing I would layer in is trying to get those sources of um, vegetables and fruits, because when we are exercising and putting that stress on our bodies, we are just burning through vitamins and minerals. 
Um, and so, you know, I know there's also the trope, you know, when people bike through France, they're like, oh, I'm just going to exist on bread and cheese. And of course we should enjoy those things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so wonderful. And it's so important on a bike tour to enjoy that local food. Um, but also to try and squeeze in those, those vegetables and fruits too, uh, cause our bodies really do need those. Mm. Really, really good advice. And a lot of people talk about, um, having to stop for fast food, right? Or the pl- whatever place is close by that you can find and they don't always have the healthiest alternative. So are there a couple of key things that people can look for? I mean, we, we hear a lot about carbs um, and the importance of carbs, uh, carbohydrates, specifically when we are doing a lot of physical output. Do you have recommendations for how people can make healthy choices when they are in a place that might not have a lot of healthy options? Yeah, for sure. Um, so much of it is uh, is finding those opportunities when you see that grocery store or you see that corner store or even that gas station sometimes um, and stocking up on some healthy snacks, grabbing that trail mix, uh, a couple apples, um, learning those things that uh, are easy to transport. And mm-hmm. I do list some of them in my guide as well, because I know nobody likes a mushy banana in the bottom of their pannier, mm-hmm. but finding those things that kind of keep well um, and stocking up on them so you have access to them. Um, and and of course, you know, that's finding that balance, finding that little room you can keep in your pannier or if you're bikepacking, you know, finding that spot um, that you can keep some snacks in is really important so that you don't get to that point that you're so hungry. Um, but also, uh, being kind to yourself when you need to grab that McDonald's, right? At the end of the day, your body needs food. That's most important. Um, so, you know, nothing wrong with grabbing a quick meal when you need it, uh, and just trying to plan when you can. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Pleasure. So let's talk about, did you have any language barriers when you were traveling? What a great question. Um, You know what? I actually, I consciously uh, started in Scotland because, you know, this idea of traveling on my own and um, biking, bike touring for the first time seemed really overwhelming. And I thought, you know, why not start in Scotland where I speak the language? There's the same, um, there's a lot of... um, cycling infrastructure. There's a lot of cyclists. Um, I have Scottish backgrounds, so I have uh, a lot of traditions that I understand. Um, And so I decided to start there and gradually work my way towards places with less cycling infrastructure and where I didn't speak the language. And I did actually, um, I found when I transitioned to uh, the Netherlands, it was about a weekend and I just found myself um, starting to feel a little, uh, isolated. I, I didn't even realize that's what it was at first. I just, I felt like I was not having as much fun and I was very, I was like, Oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to give up, but I'm just not having much fun. And I realized that it was just that I was kind of, I was, it wasn't that people didn't want to talk to me. It was that I was just so embarrassed that I didn't speak their language. And so I didn't want to, um, I felt like I was imposing on them Mm. for speaking my language rather than their language. And, uh, and so slowly I learned that to just kind of learn some of the language. So I feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, 
but that people were honestly so supportive and so happy to help. And, you know, sometimes we would mime at each other or sometimes we would use the few words of each other's language we knew, um, but that there was no need to to isolate myself or to, um, you know, I, I the same way that if somebody were um, a bike tour in, in my hometown and they didn't speak my language, I would do what I could to help them. Um, and so... Uh, just finding that ability to kind of reach out and to connect with people because that's what bike touring is all about, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by bikeflights.com, the leading bicycle shipping service and bike box supplier for cyclists. You'll enjoy low costs, excellent service, and on-time delivery with every shipment, and you get preferred handling for your high-value bikes, wheels, and gear. As a brand built around a love for the outdoors, they are committed to reducing environmental impact and every bike flights shipment is carbon neutral. Join the nearly 1 million cyclists who have used bike flights to ship their bikes, wheels, and gear with confidence since 2009 and see how easy it is to book, manage, and track all of your shipments. Visit bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers today for more information and to book your shipment. Now back to the show. Did you did you meet people along the way that you um, ended up staying with that were not part of warm showers, like somebody in the community that would pass by and um, want to offer you water or a place to stay or a rest because they knew that, wow, she is uh, she looks like she's been on tour for a while. <laughs> yeah, I did. Like, uh, that's the thing. And, you know, I think that's what you hear so many bike mm -hmm. tourists say is just the unreal, un like unimaginable kindness that is in this world. And and. I had countless experiences of, you know, people that I would meet and they'd say, oh, hey, well, I live over here. So if you come over there, you come stay with us. Um, or, you know, people that uh, would, you know, offer me a place to stay. Um, it was really just just endless. Mm -hmm. The the kindness and the people that that offered support and um, that I met on the road. Were Warm Showers hosts uh, a part of the journey of letting you release some of the fears uh, that you were experiencing? Like, tell us a little bit about your experience with the hosts. Yes. Honestly, I think my trip would not have been the same without Warm Showers. And that's why I swear nearly every video I make <laughs> mentions Warm Showers <laughs> because I truly, every time I needed some wisdom or... Um, uh, some support. I just, I would come upon this warm showered house that would have exactly what I needed. You know, um, one of the first warm showers hosts I stayed with, you know, I was feeling a little anxious about being in uh, Scotland all on my own and traveling on my own for the first time. And I swear that family, I'm still in touch with them to this day. They basically adopted me. They would check in on me during my route. They'd message me, um, they, uh, when I finished my loop of Scotland, I stayed with them again. When I finished my, got to the end of Croatia, I came back to uh, Scotland and stayed with them again. Um, and then, you know, shortly after them, I was feeling nervous about wild camping for the first time. And the host I stayed with was um, a solo female cycle tour. She had toured all over uh, South America on her own. And it was just, it felt serendipitous that I ended mm. up with, and she, I was, you know, nervous about camping on my own. And she walked me through it. And she even, I had never lit um, a camping stove before and she showed me how to do it. And it was just, there's 
I can't even, there's countless examples of, you know, being at that, I just being at that moment where I was like, oh, what do I do here? And I'd get to warm showers host and say, oh, I love this route. Why don't you try this route? Or why don't you go to this place? And yeah, really astounding the way it just shaped everything. I love it. I love it. This is why we do what we do. This is why this is this is what it's all about. There's nothing like it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really glad to hear that there were so many people along the way that, you know, helped you transition into your confident version to be able to do this solo tour. I mean, as a, as a young woman and um, being able to have confidence in your ability to be self-sufficient in a foreign land is, is not a small thing. Yeah. And that's one of the things I love the most about the tour was just, you know, when you're, when you're touring on your own, you can't rely on anyone else to do anything. You can find those supports, of course, but you know, you have to get that camping stove lit and you have to find that campsite. And it, it really, you know, it challenges you in a really, really beautiful way. Um, and so I just feel like I, I grew so much because of it. What was your favorite part of that tour? What was the favorite, your favorite, like give us a snippet of what, what would be in the, in the top three? Um, one that would be in the top three for sure was the Alps. Mm-hmm. Um, I cycled them from uh, Munich to Venice. And it was something that in the back of my, was on my mind the whole trip. Um, I was, I was so excited to be in the mountains, but I was just so nervous. And it was on my mind the whole time. Can I cycle these mountains? Mm-hmm. You know, what are these roads going to be like? What's this? Um, you know, I'd heard kind of scary stories of people being in the mountains and not having a shoulder. And uh, so I was really overwhelmed. And I just, you know, it's funny because it, it was really halfway through my trip or two thirds of the way through my trip. And I just remember getting there and just I, I climbed and climbed and climbed. And um, I got to the top of this pass and I was cycling down it and the sun was setting and it was just this moment of just pure gratitude and joy and just uh, astonishment that mm. I was able to to get there and do that and and experience, you know, cycling down the Alps. Um, it was just that was a, a really beautiful moment. Um, I think a lot of the my favorite moments were um, either the amazing people I met and also those moments where you feel like you overcome, right? That's the thing about bike touring. You have those really hard moments where you're just like, I don't know if I can do this. And then you do it and it's just pure elation and joy. Beautiful. And I can envision the, the, the Alps, the air from the Alps coming on your face and the freedom and um, the beauty that you experienced in that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was astounding. I was so happy. Yeah. Wonderful. I can, I know people can't see you. I can see you, but I can see it. I can see it. You just, you're just a glow with joy. Yeah. So what's next? Oh goodness. I want, I want to bike everywhere. Um, Mm. there's, you know, I want to be everywhere. Um, I think right now, you know, it's hard to say what's going to be, um, what borders are going to be open, what's going to be available Mm -hmm. this year. So, um, I know one way or another, I want to be on my bike. So I'm kind of putting together three separate bike tour ideas. Um, and then just depending on, on how things go, I will set off on one of them. 
So I'm, I'm very excited to be on my bike in whatever uh, capacity, wherever it ends up being. Yeah. And we know that we need to be flexible and fluid right now. You know, we've talked, exactly. we've talked with a lot of guests recently about changing of plans, like altering it and, and yet still desiring to have the experience that we know is so important to our, right? At the soul level, it's important. And, 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 and nature, right? And the fresh air, how important that is. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, that flexibility, I ended up this, this year as well, I did a bike tour in Ontario because there were, you know, there wasn't anywhere else to go at the time and I had an amazing time. Mm. And so it's really beautiful to, to remember that, you know, if this is something that we want to do, we can make it happen in whatever way feels right and whatever way is doable. And I'm just excited to to be on my bike again and to share to make videos about it and to share those with people. And um, I just love connecting with people. So I'm very excited for this year, whatever it holds. I love that so much, Sheila. And thank you for sharing. Thank you for coming on and sharing your experiences and keep us posted. I, I have offered to you to do another, uh, another interview whenever the timing aligns. Cause those of you that are listening, we are hoping to move this show to a live stream in our Facebook group. So people that always wonder what I look like because they hear my voice all the time, but now they would get to see you and I and stream it and then be able to produce the podcast as well. So when we do that, I I am offering you an invitation to come back anytime. Thank you. I can't wait. I mean, maybe we can do a show specifically on nutrition, even like overall on nutrition to help people figure out like what is what packs the most punch when you have small spaces and limited limited access. Yes, we will do that. I'm making a note. (laughs) (laughs) Consider it done. And we will we will stream that on Facebook. So for those of you listening, stay tuned in our Facebook group. If you haven't joined our Facebook group, make sure you do because we we post and share lots of information there. Sounds great. I can't wait for that. Thank you so much, Sheila, for being here. And we wish you all the luck on wherever the wind takes you. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. And for those of you listening, thank you. We appreciate your support. And if you love the show, please share it because sharing is caring and it helps us get more people on bikes. So thank you. And we will be back. Thank you for joining us. And we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Wherever you are listening, please leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more cyclists and hosts around the world. This episode of Bike Life Podcast was brought to you by BikeFlights.com, your source for the best bicycle shipping service and bike shipping boxes. Check out their boxes from the small to the large, which is suited for any type of bicycle, whether it's a children's bike, medium-sized bike, fully assembled bike, e-bike, and any other type of gear that you have. Go to BikeFlights.com forward slash warm showers in order to check out the boxes and book your next shipment. Visit us at warmshowers.org to become a part of our community or on Instagram at warmshowers underscore org. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit a question, please make sure to email us at podcast at warmshowers.org.